This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Fiago, who has a great YouTube where he talks about football and football NFTs. We talked about lots of different football NFT projects. We talked about the Messi Unique, the Kimmich Unique, the community update that's happening next week. Lots of stuff and answered loads of your questions. I hope you enjoy it. Please do subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review wherever you listen. I would also love to hear from you on Twitter or Instagram. Enjoy the episode. So, Fiago, welcome to the So Far So Rare podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. You've been making lots of So Rare content recently. You come into the space. You've brought the shocked faces with you, as we're all doing these days. And uh, yet you're big into football NFTs in general, so I'm excited to talk to you. I have it here that you joined So Rare on the 25th of February last year, so it's safe to call you a boomer. Do you want to just introduce yourself to people and let them have a, an idea of where you're at with So Rare or how you found it? Absolutely. Thanks for having me first, mate. Very, very glad to, to be able to chat here. And um, yeah, you said 25th of February. I wasn't really sure about that myself, actually, but I know it was like February, March 20, 2021. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm Fiago, 20 years old. Um, yeah, I would maybe people would call me football influencer. Maybe I don't really like that word, but that's basically what I might be. Um, yeah, I've been doing Instagram for like six years now football uh, with a football account and um, started YouTube two years ago. So now I'm pretty much a YouTuber, Instagram, Twitter. And I talk about football and lately I've been uh, getting into the NFT space in football, just like mm. right, I was my first NFT project um, one year ago. And uh, yeah, you said I'm a boomer. So you probably talk, uh, I didn't know that, that term actually, but it's probably because yeah, yeah you know, the that, first real hype of Sorada in that, that period. Yeah, it's I just I just call people who joined during the Gary V boom a boomer. You actually that's... called it Gary V Boom. Okay, that's interesting because Gary V yeah. was actually also the the one who got me into Sora or, or who, yeah. who where I saw. I think he bought a. I think it was Joao Felix Unique. He bought that one. Yeah. I think he posted about that one, and th that's when yeah. I really uh, when I really saw. Oh my God, Gary! I've been following him for a while, and I was like, um, "What does he have to do with uh, with football?" Mm. Uh, suddenly, and I, then I really done some research and and got into the game. So yeah, it was it was that that time, but I actually. I wouldn't really say I started back then. I put in like I don't know a thousand quid and, and bought a few random rare players. I don't, I didn't even know what I was doing back then. I, literally, I I didn't play any SO5. I think I forgot to send in my teams every week. Basically, mm. um, I also you know a few few months after like summer came, season ended, so prices went down, and I I kind of lost interest. Um, I I wasn't really playing seriously over the summer. I didn't really didn't really play. Um, it was actually only September October 2021 then when the new season started when I really got into Sora and I really made up my mind what this is all about. And so first first um video first Sora video of my channel was in November, and since then I would say October November I've really really been in this space actively and and yeah. also like like checking my Sora club every single day and getting more and more informed about the game mm. and getting educated and um yeah I, i'm loving it i'm loving it absolutely i think the um the summer is a funny one because obviously there's been so many people have signed up since last summer but if you don't transition into asian or american cards it can be really really slow and even last summer we had the euros to kind of 
circumvent or like or sort of to uh-huh. to ease that boredom. But now, I mean, this is going to be a long couple of months for some people who live and breathe this every day. Uh, transfer window will be about all that's happening. So it'll be interested to see how the engagement goes. Um, I wonder will Asia and America be enough? But yeah, I suppose just a quick question I have for you. How did you get into making content? I mean, particularly YouTube. You know, I love your vlogs. Um, and you know, you go around football stadiums. How how'd you get into that? Because I mean, I imagine you're only 20 years old. I mean, Instagram and stuff like that's sort of second nature. You, you have a huge Instagram account. You were probably plugging away there for a while. But the transition into YouTube and getting around, like, how'd you find that? Or, or was it YouTube first, Instagram second? Have I got it wrong? No, no, it was actually Instagram first in, in, in October 2015 when I was 14 years old. So um, I, I actually, I, I had like a Instagram theme page. I, I started by making football memes, literally. It was super silly. I was I was in like eighth grade and I was just bored and I made an account and um, from there I didn't really expect it to become anything big to be quite honest just um, just randomly made that account um, and started posting my memes and my I didn't show myself obviously just um, yeah. made some graphics around football then slowly I it got more serious I started trans- transitioning into more like informational educational football posts giving my own opinion as well and 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 like giving my opinion on transfer moves and. Or, um, or or on, on on games on big games mm-hmm. and um, first time I've actually been showing myself it was I think start of 2020 or, or end mm-hmm. the, the end of 2019 and from there I've actually started to also make some videos on YouTube I really started in yeah in in summer I think August 2020 um, with uh, by like making the videos that I am right now uh, I'm doing right now not really in, mm-hmm. in that form but um, I would say like yeah and summer 2020 was basically where i turned everything around i started showing myself on the instagram on all the socials and oops and um the vlogs actually i haven't been doing them for so long actually my first vlog was in january of this year so not really long yeah Yeah, i like haven't done many vlogs but this year i've already done a lot but um before i didn't do any so uh, this is a kind of new thing that i'm starting to integrate into my channel also thanks to so rare by the way Uh, they've already sent me to some games Uh, Mm-hmm. Same goes for you, I guess. I've, I've seen some very, very nice vlogs as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is also a part of why I love this NFT space. There's so many opportunities um, for football fans. And, um, um, yeah, I did the vlogs. I don't know about you, but this is actually probably my, my favorite thing to do is, is going around Europe and, or the world mm-hmm. and touring for Europe and going to football stadiums. And even better when you have players playing in your sorry teams. Yeah, I think that engagement's only ramped up when it's in person. And I think that the beauty that's so rare, like I wouldn't have found it hard, but I would have maybe found it strange personally. Now, I don't know. It's different if you're going with friends or you have friends in different cities, but I wouldn't have took it upon myself to fly to Barcelona on my own with a cameraman or alone and vlog me going to a game and then going back to a hotel and being on my Todd for the night. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really find that exciting. But what I love is the fact that when I went to Barcelona, we met a couple of guys. When I went to Manchester, there were loads of people there with beers and pizza. When I went over to um, Kalp with Quinny and Hendo and that, there were guys there. And now the next one I'm looking at, you Instagram, or no, what is this? This is a podcast, podcast exclusive. It's kind of coming to fruition. Um, America um, wow. at the end of April is looking like it could happen, maybe going to an Orlando game. And I've also, I'm going to be interviewing someone very, very, very exciting. I think you'll like it, Fiago. I'm not going to say anything yet. I don't know if I'm allowed to. Ellie, let me know if I'm allowed to. I don't think I can. It's too early. I can't say anything. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I think I think having that base of people from all over the world who are into football, who can show you cities, who want to go to games with you, it's a, it's amazing, and it's really motivating me to try and get to as many games as possible this year. And I'm sure if you put out a tweet or an Instagram post saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to be in Milan," you would get people who like want to meet you for a beer, bring you out, show you restaurants, tell you where to go, show you the good places to go, and it just makes traveling that much easier. Have you well, met anyone this year? Um, or you, you mean like randomly? Yeah, I like from actually, your accounts or anything, or is it just friends you're going with? I I have met quite a few people, yeah. Also through So Rare, um, and um, yeah, also like like other people who who are on in the who are football Instagram space. I've gone to some games with them as well, and mm. um, actually also randomly I met I was in Milan with um with my with my with a homie in in January watching the Supercoppa Italiana um, Juventus against Inter. And uh, I actually met some Italian uh, people from my community randomly in a McDonald's, which was super, super oh, cool. cool. And, and we were like, yeah, just chatting about football a little bit. So, yeah, you, you're completely right there, actually. This is such a big community. Um, and um, meeting those people from social media actually re uh, in real life, this is, this is actually sick. Yeah, it's good fun. I'll ask you then just how you, how you transitioned from the general football into NFTs. Like... Did you have a passion for crypto? Did NFTs catch your eye? And then you thought, okay, well, I like football, so let's see if there's football NFTs. And you found SoRare. Did yeah. SoRare initially approach you? Like, how did it come about? You say SoRare was your first football NFT. There's yeah. other ones we're going to talk about. Um, I actually don't even know who, but I just want to ask you about other platforms you're into. Mm -hmm. But how did that come about, the relationship with NFTs? Because I see even it's on, like, the top of your YouTube channel now. Um, yeah. So it's a big part of your brand. 100% absolutely but the, the 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 funny thing is that actually I, I haven't had any any connection to like barely any connection to crypto or nfts actually before Sora uh, stepped into my life actually I as I said I got to know Sora in, in February March last year and that was actually when I started to get into nfts and crypto as a whole before I, I know I knew there was like Bitcoin ethereum but I didn't really I didn't really do anything in that space. I just watched a little bit, but no real interest for it. And mm. this actually sparked my interest. And it also came at a time where I have to say last year we had in April, we had that Super League drama and all that stuff in football, and which was just a, the top of the iceberg for me. I have to say that in the last years, to be honest with you, my uh, I love football completely, but my passion for the game kind of, it didn't really grow, I have to say. Yeah. I, I felt like, um, yeah, with all these scandals, corruption stuff in, in FIFA and um, and, all, and all those associations, I, th I felt like uh, football drifted more and more away from the, from the fans and from myself as well. I didn't really feel mm -hmm. as much emotionally attached to the game as I was before. And, and that's actually was so rare and other NFT projects in football. Uh, I've said this on multiple on multiple podcasts. I think um, they are they filled they filled this um, this void actually, mm. bringing the fans closer to the game and and making them um, like getting them more involved, um, which which just creates a completely new um, I don't know perspective to look at to look mm. at the game and you get me does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah. Just no, yeah. no, I get it. I get it. I think it's like I, I, I want to talk about other projects as well. Um, because like something that I've been so bullish about with so rare, and I don't know if you're the same is I enjoy winning cards. I enjoy winning Ethereum. And I know a lot of people who listen to me every week talking about this, don't really care about the stuff I care about, but that's why there's loads of different ways to play the game. But like the thought of, like, remember they did the, the El Clasico trip. They did the Sevilla and Betis trip, like where you get behind the scenes access and this and that. Mm -hmm. I think I, I just want to see as they get more and more licensing deals over the, 
the course of the next months and years. I want to see, and as they renew old licenses, I want to see access. I want to see memorabilia. I want to see experiences because I love that side of it. And I think I love that. That is what NFTs can bring to football fandom. Um, a lot of people don't care about that. A lot of people wouldn't really want to go and meet Lionel Messi because what are you going to say to the guy? Do you know you're going to shake mm-hmm. his hand and get a wee photo? And like people, some people just don't care about that. I get that. I think when you make content, maybe you care a little bit more. But to take away from so rare for a bit, and then there's a few massive things we need to talk about this week. Like we are going to talk about the uniques that are out there now. We're going to talk about the community update and what we imagine. Lots of great questions. There's a few players in your gallery I want to ask you about because you've got multiples. Um, but first. Are there other football NFT projects you like or are particularly bullish on? Are there mm-hmm. is there one that stands out to you? Yeah, there is actually, and that also fits to your point you just mentioned about um, access access to the game and and mm-hmm. memorabilia and and um, experiences. Um, I just want to say something about that first. Um, I would totally love that as, as well. Like if there were like special weeklies where you can win like not not uh, cards or rewards, but just like you mm-hmm. could win tickets, where you could win um, signed jerseys or something on so rare. By the way, just a thought I had. It would be insane for me as well. And um, f- yeah, connected to this, there is a project. Um, there's a project called Ludo Labs. You might know that as well. Yeah, I have a couple. Um, you have a couple as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's like um, they have like ten footballers, I think, um, licensed so far. But there's more yeah. coming soon, I guess. And um, yeah, so you basically buy a football, um, like you mint an NFT, and um, you get one of these footballers in different, um, like there's to- there's different rarities, different um, outfits that they're wearing, and this mm-hmm. gets you access to an inner circle community. Um, as you know, probably as you you are also in it, but then, and um, yeah, where you can like win jer- win signed jerseys, win tickets. I've been where I've been to um, to the Supercoppa Italiana. That was through Ludo Labs, mm-hmm. where we went to Milano yeah. to tickets. We got the the tickets of Edin Dzeko actually um, of his family, which was completely insane. And uh, yeah, this is what I love, and and I also would love Sora to integrate parts of that maybe, um, mm. getting these special experiences that, for example, you can get through Ludo Labs. Uh, winning these as rewards as you said maybe there will be some people that don't care about them but mm. what kind of people would these be people who just play so rare for the for the sheer profits i guess and are not even football yeah. fans but every football fan uh, would love to go to the these big games i guess and or meet yeah. the players and and that's why i love ludo labs as well we were on a um on a twitter spaces where i interviewed miral and Pjanic the other the other month which was great and and these experiences that you will never get as a normal fan i love that mm. as well so yeah that's ludo labs i can absolutely recommend that as well what what i like about ludo labs uh i i've talked about for months and months and months on this podcast about that access and about the utility mm. and all this i've actually spoke to patrice evra <laughs> on a twitter spaces wow. and made a joke you were on there? and had a laugh Ooh. yeah yeah and i asked him a question about things he could see himself doing with fans of the future da, 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 da. and it's me sitting talking to patrice ever who i went and seen in old trafford a few times over the years when i was a kid Do you know i'm pretty sure he would have been around the squad the time the first time i ever went to a game and it's like it's crazy to think back on to think that that's the thing that gets me about little labs is as you said, you're getting Jekyll's family's tickets. There's this level of a relationship between Ludo Labs and the players. I think the difference with SoRare is it all seems very commercial. And whenever you have that type of access, it's great. But there's a lot of like red tape and barriers. And there's you get certain people who you have access for eight minutes with the player and you can ask them this. And But Ludo Labs feels very like they have a genuine relationship with the players. And the access they're exactly. given or granted is off the player's interest because the player is invested in the, the NFT and wants it to succeed. So they want to give back. And like, you know, I think that adds an extra layer of access. And that's what I like about Ludo Labs. Again, 
I think the interesting thing for them is where they go from those 10 Genesis players. Mm-hmm. Who There's a few huge ones like Dybala, who's your favorite player. Patrice Evers, obviously a big name. Dahoud's playing great football over at Dortmund. Um, or I don't know if you'd agree, great football, but he's starting for Dortmund and playing in and out. Um, you know, there are big players there, but I think the next wave of players that they inevitably get, if they can get a couple of A-list names, they change the game. I think 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, as you said, this um like you feel like it's a familiar like it's a it's a family. It's it's not it's not a, a just the players have a deal with Ludo Labs. Uh, I mean they do, but it doesn't feel like that. It it feels like they are all they handpick their players wisely and only players who are really invested into the project and, and who really who really love this and enjoy this and are in the NFT space as well. For example, like um I remember when I talked to them first, I was like they were like, if we can get anything to you to make your video better that you're gonna make about us, then let us know. And I was like, okay, if you can get me a video of Paulo Dybala greeting me, that would be that would blow my mind. And they did that the other day. They sent yeah. me a video of Paulo Dybala saying, "Yo, Fiago, what's up? Thanks for your support." And that just, as you said, he's my favorite player. And that's just, you wouldn't get that if if um, if the players weren't really 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 um loving this project as well and that's why it might be hard for them to of course they they as they also said that multiple times they can get sick players as in the in the second drop basically but i think they're really 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 hesitant who to pick like they don't want they don't want to get players who just are there to to grab some cash yeah and you need to do those first players justice you know you need to get their nfts out there give all the experiences they can get and before mm-hmm. you go just moving on to the next batch and the next yeah. batch. So I completely get that. Um so yeah, Ludo Labs, it's funny because look when I whenever I schedule this podcast, we haven't really spoken in DMs other than me saying, Hey, do you fancy the podcast? And we didn't really speak too much before this. It was a bit of a sound check, but I didn't like it's funny because I actually do. I think I have an affiliate link or something for Ludo Labs somewhere because I did a video with them back in December. But that's not what this is about. So, like, I don't want people thinking that we've been put up to this. This is just a very natural conversation Absolutely, about platforms yeah, we didn't talk about that we that. care about. <laughs> you know, um, so that, and I'll ask you off the back of that. I suppose, are there any other NFT football projects that stand out to you, or that you're involved with? Um, involved. Other than that, there is um, an NFT project in a German one called TFC. You know what? I like it's, it's from Germany, no. but it's it's international. It's called um, the Football Club which i personally really love um it's not that famous yet though they um, they just had a drop today actually that this is a project where um, it's a it's a mobile phone app where you also line up fantasy teams like um yeah usually 11 players on your fantasy team but you don't buy those players as nfts you just have a budget like usual mm. fpl uh stuff like that and um and their prices just change from game to game and um you have an avatar where you um if you like if you win those fantasy challenges there's like challenges for every game uh, you win in-game money and you can buy clothes for your avatar um for your like in-game in-game person and those clothes are nfts then so that's that's a project mm-hmm. that i'm really looking at right now uh they have they only have the bundesliga right now as a license but i think this one can be really really cool as well since it's completely free to play that's a good aspect for me um but it's still pretty small, so I don't. Let's see how this goes. Um, other than that, there yeah. is a few. There is a few uh, like manage your club um, projects coming up lately. Yeah. Like actually, a lot of them. You know, maybe mm. Footium. is there. Footium, I think, is the biggest one. Footium's yeah. the one that I think seem to have the biggest success. I have a Footium club. Me too. Yeah. Um, I have a Division Four one, I think. Well, wow, but, that's actually good, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see where that goes or how it all works out. I think their their beta is happening. Do you say beta or beta? I don't think it matters. Their beta, <laughs> I'm going to say, is coming. Um, 
I think I might have access to that. I'm not sure. And I'll get to play it and see. I'm excited. It's going to be kind of football manager more than anything in mm-hmm. your club generates NFTs each season. I think seasons last a few weeks. I've heard this somewhere. And then you can sell those players to maybe you can keep them and use them in your game, or you can sell them to clubs in lower tiers or even higher divisions if you if you make a gem. I don't know. I'm really excited to see how that goes. The other one that's been released over the last day or two, and one that I haven't got involved with yet, but just to give them a shout out because I know MDJ is involved, someone I'm very fond of, um, Club Game App. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah, it I just seems to have. Bought a, I bought my club today. I minted mine today. Um, see, I'm, I'm not... tempted. I'm tempted. I don't know what to call the club. <laughs> I think it's called like Fiago's Fiago Seals, and I I had no idea. I hope you can change the name later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the the thing. Here's the thing, right? And I've seen this with other pro- projects. I think even Ludo Labs to an extent, where the mint price is now higher than secondary. Where like if you go to mm-hmm. mint, or maybe that's changed. But was the mint price like 0.15, and if you went to secondary on OpenSea, you could get it for like 0.12 or 0.13. It was so the case. Meant- it was the case when I bought those off off the floor. I don't know how it is now with Ludo Labs. Yeah. I mean, if you believe in it long term, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is now in terms of trying to sell out mints for these these um, NFT projects. It was the same with like Futera United. That's another one we haven't mentioned. Um, all these are so interesting. I love it. I love the innovation. I'm really excited to see what sticks over the next five, 10 years. But let's go back to club game. Like I'm looking at it and I don't know if let's say it was like 2,500 or something mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. for spots. I've been looking and there's only like six or 700 sold now. So what does the person who minted the first one get more than the guy who mints the 2,500th one? Nothing. I don't no. think anything extra other than security and waiting. Yeah. If they don't sell out the price get dipped. Do you know what I mean? So maybe I'm, maybe yes. Okay. You should back the project if you believe in it and you know, then you're helping propel it to success. I get that. Mm-hmm. But part of me is like, I could mint now. Or I could just check it every few days and then yeah, whenever it's like 2,000. Yeah, but then the risk you run there is that they drop a huge piece of news or a huge partnership and they sell out. That That's mm-hmm. the risk. Um, But I'm excited to see what they do. They look like another kind of managerial style game with like a free-to-play version or like a, a non-NFT version. Yeah, exactly. There were like two versions of clubs. One was just like you reserve your name for like 20 pounds, but that wasn't an NFT. And the NFT one was like not point not six not point not six five or something hmm. so i was like yeah i also saw that there was only 600 this morning sold but i was like okay the price is not that high I, i'm just gonna back it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get one yeah um and and yeah and save up one in, in case uh, i check back tomorrow and it's sold out which i don't think but yeah i completely get your point as well but yeah Ooh. i whenever sorry. whenever you're the football nft guy or whenever like that's what you're you're branding yourself as you know you want exposure to these things. You want skin in the game. Exactly, you want yeah. to follow them. You want to see. I mean, it pays for you, even if it goes tits up. It's an experience. It's something you've experienced. It's something you can talk about. So, um, it's it's different again as a as a content creator. Exactly. The, another one there that just I'm I'm going around the houses here of other NFT projects just for a wee shout because again, Fiago, you're the football NFT guy. So, Futera, did you ever look at it? Um, actually, not Futera at, United. Futera is actually they do make football car, physical cars, not. Yeah, Isn't yeah, yeah. The same thing. I haven't looked at yeah. their NFT thing yet, to be quite honest, which is probably a shame. Anything about it? Yeah, let me, let me. You can tell me about it. Oh yeah, I was just, I didn't want to like patronize you if you knew anything about it. Oh, so, no, oh no, I don't, I don't actually. Yeah. So basically, what they've done is because Fatera, Fatera are actually like a proper. 
I'm not going to call them as big as like an institution or like a massive household name or anything, but they are a, an established company over years. I think they're, they're based in Asia. Um, and they basically bought a football club, like a local football club that's, I, I don't actually know, is it Thai? I'm not sure. I think it could be Thai football. Don't know what division okay. they're in, but they've bought the club. They've named it for Terry United. They've sold NFTs and you get like a, a randomly generated footballer card thing. But I think these oh, NFTs yeah. give you like voting power and decisions around the club. So like they had like a scouting day and like the video and like, I don't know if they live stream or not. The thing I think they lacked, I don't know if they've changed it, was maybe a, a YouTube presence. I think getting people engaged in that team, in that thing, kind of, that can make people United. spend. Uh? <laughs> kind of hashtag United style. Um, yeah, kind of like that. Um but anyway, the, the, you can pick. I think people were voting on the kits and this sort of stuff. Okay. They, you, I think they're hoping to get to a stage where people can live, kind of vote on like substitutions at halftime and tactics and okay. shit like this. So it's interesting. But again, it goes back to like, I think it, it seems very fun. And I think long term, if they did do a good enough job on the content side and engage the community on YouTube, that's when they sell stuff. And that's when they, but until they have a, an engaged community, I don't think they sell like the NFTs, but because they're a more established company, I don't think they're in a rush to do so. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They've bought the club. Yeah. They can afford the club anyway. The NFTs is just a fun yeah. side game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the club, buying the club is ruining uh, their company. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, I haven't, I hadn't heard about them buying a club. So I, I guess I have to get educated on that. Um, it just yeah. reminded me so much on like if the fans get involved and then and, and everything <laughs> the club does. Um, it re reminded me so much of hashtag United. That if they if they got into NFTs actually, um, hashtag United, I think that could be massive as well. Mm. They already yeah. have that engaged community, a massive, massive engaged community. I actually need to look them up. I've heard of them. Like I remember there was a guy on like Love Island or something recently where it was like he used to be on hashtag United or some bullshit. Yeah, but, um, I heard that as well. I don't watch yeah. so is it just a football club that they make loads of youtube content about and like um, just really go to town yeah, yeah. this um, is owned by what's he called um spencer spencer see you know that youtuber oh yeah yeah spencer yeah i think he owns the club like i'm not the biggest hashtag united follower but i know i've, I've watched a couple of videos i think he founded it or, or bought, bought it i don't know and they're like what division are they in no idea but like their ultimate goal might be they're the well, eighth tier eighth tier okay i don't know if if they can ever get into the efl that would be massive but i, I don't know yeah yeah that that's the type of thing that i think futera could see themselves becoming but again for me maybe it's not even at all what they see themselves becoming maybe this isn't their vision but when i looked at it and thought of it and saw the nfts and saw people in engaging with the team i thought the content needs to be on point and i thought youtube yeah. so without really knowing what hashtag united was i think that's pretty much what i expected for terra to try and be but Thank the you. last one that comes to mind and this is because i'm just going through all the ones that come to my mind genuino you heard of them sorry genuino genuino they're Italian. Um, the Fiorentina mm, shirt one. No, actually. So what they do yeah. is they Never basically, I think that they they have an interesting one, I think, where basically you get the NFTs and they're all artwork and they're different shirts and trophies and stuff over the years of Fiorentina's history. And you can basically win through those NFTs or you get like signed shirts and stuff. That's kind of the gist of it. I think like the idea is there. And the idea is solid and there's a lot more to it than that i'm not doing it justice but 
the issue was that they only had Fiorentina, who there aren't a lot of global supporters for. So like if they ended up having that concept for bigger clubs, maybe more people buy in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they're doing or if they've announced more clubs. But they were, they're just the last one to give a shout. Um, I hadn't planned to do an around the houses of NFT projects, but here we go. There we are. <laughs> yeah, um, is there anything else where we jump into some so rare stuff? Um, what else is there? Is there any other NFT projects? And um, do you know that um, socials.com, that thing that is I all see around it everywhere? I me too, me too. It's but a token thing, it's like a fan token. It, you... Yeah, it's a fan token thing. They have they're the um, aren't they the main sponsor, kid sponsor of Inter? Inter yeah, they are, but they I've are seen like them on shirts, I've yeah. seen them, they, they like they're like um, not the main sponsor, but they're like sponsors in so many big teams actually. Um, and yeah, you can buy those fan tokens, but I don't know. I haven't really got into this. You can just, that also grants you some voting rights on kits and, um, yeah, that's uh, and stuff. Yeah. Like the, I've seen know. like, I've seen Cubs doing it like with like team boss colors and paint on the team boss type things, you know, that yeah, type yeah, of stuff. Like, like nothing, like all the, all the really unimportant stuff basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun as well, but that's probably the most mainstream NFT project or, or one of the most, because they sponsor so many clubs, but, um, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really think it's, it's a, it's fun, but nothing more, I guess. Mm. Right. We'll move on to some so rare talk. So the first thing that I want to talk about um, straight off the bat, and then we'll come back and maybe have a look at your gallery and different things. But one of the big things of this week is absolutely without doubt the unique auctions. So there are two massive ones. There's loads of big ones, but there's two massive ones. There's mm -hmm. the Joshua Kimmich and we have the Lionel Messi unique. So what I'm going to start doing this in this podcast every single week, I'm going to have a hot take. So I'm going to try and come up with something, be it a player, be it a team, be it a something that's happening so rare, and try and just give you my take on it, right? And okay. I'm not saying this take is ever going to be accurate, fair, good. I'm sure I will get absolutely ambassed sometimes. But I'm going to talk this week about the Lionel Messi unique sale on so rare. At the minute, it's sitting at 10 ETH with three days left. That's 28 grand. I think it is the most unusual time ever to put out a Lionel Messi unique. People disagree because there has to, it has to go out at some time. Um, but I don't think he's playing particularly amazing football. I think we're coming to the end of the season. We're coming into the European slump in terms of so rare. I think there's a lot of uncertainty around the platform. Um, and I think Lionel Messi's unique coming out is strange. And I think that coupled with the Kimmich, where you've got two massive cards coming out within days of each other, I just think it's a strange move. Um, people might disagree. People think it has to come out at some stage. And I don't actually know when would have been better. Maybe a couple of months ago. I don't know. Fiago, what do you think? Do you think it's a fair time, a strange time, or do you not really care? I guess, um, well, I don't know if Sora actually before the season had planned every unique release or scheduled every unique release, or if they mm. just um, do it randomly. I'm, I'm not sure about they that. They do it. They tend to do it. And it, it appears that they go out whenever players do something that is good. So, like, basically, I, when someone's in form, because then or, the averages looks good and people will generally pay more then, because of recency then actually, bias. Then, actually, they probably waited all season to for Messi to to get into that form. <laughs> it never <laughs> happened. I could imagine that. And then they, just, they were yeah. just like, okay, we have, to, we have to release him at some point. So, 
that's, that's a fair take. The only thing that I could imagine, or the only reasoning for why they releasing him right now, because other than that, if they had released him at the, <laughs> at the start of the season, um, obviously it would would have been a, a way bigger hype. But they were probably waiting for him to like really settle in Paris, which hasn't happened. I think that is an absolutely like that's a, a properly fair take. Um, you know, obviously PSG are out of Europe now, and I think that means you know maybe they were waiting for something big to happen. You know, Lionel Messi to score a winner or do something big. Now he's a few more games over in France and it's done. So maybe, as you say, that's a great thought that I hadn't really given to it. Messi has he's had good performances. He's Messi in terms of so rare. He will still score well. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't really had that moment or had the hype for a consistent like period of a few weeks even. So maybe they just got fed up of waiting and have to get the card out there. Um, that is a fair take. The other thing, mm-hmm. another take on this whole thing is that a lot of people really just don't care about the prices of uniques. It's something I've seen on social media where people are like, I don't get why people stream the unique auctions. I don't get why people care, do you know? But the thing you need to realize with these uniques is, is that the uniques in many ways can dictate, not dictate, but they can influence the prices maybe the super rares go for, which can influence the rares, which can influence the limiteds. It kind of trickles down and equally it can go the other way. Um, but the bigger thing with a card like Messi and why some people might care about the timing of it and why some people like me or others would want it to go for the highest possible price is the publicity in the overall NFT space. If that Messi card does a Haaland like the Haaland did and went for stupid money, 600 and something grand, that makes waves through throughout the world, not just in football, throughout NFTs, throughout investing, throughout crypto. My dad, who doesn't give a shit about any of this or even football, to be honest, rang me and yeah. said, they're talking about so rare on the radio in Belfast. Like, you know, so that's why people care because the marketing yeah. and the exposure that an auction of the Lionel Messi first ever unique could potentially have is huge. And there's a big difference between that going for 500 grand and a million. And depending on when you release that in a year, levels of hype, bullishness in crypto, um, overall markets, it can have a big effect. So I don't know, that, that's just uh, my take on the whole Messi thing. I'd be interested to hear other people's on social media. Yeah. Makes sense, actually. Obviously, I think, as you said, most people don't care about uniques because they're not like they're out of the price range, including me. But I still care about the auctions. You, I watched all your um, like when you did the the watch-alongs for the for the for the Haaland going. I think also for the Vinicius mm. going, you did the same, right? Yeah, the Vinicius, I had like a tech issue, and it was like a four-minute video. I literally yeah, really missed you the late, but, yeah. but still, it's still. It, I think it it's like it represents the the feeling of um, the, like the general feeling around the platform, probably. When when that Holland went for was it two hundred sixty five ETH? Um, it was like six hundred grand. I don't know. Six hundred grand, the time. yeah. And um, that that created so much hype. Imagine if they, yeah, well, I don't know if they had released the Messi back then. If do you do you think Messi will break Holland? By the way, I think he. Yeah, oh, that's a big question. And the reason it's big is it's the timing. I think the price yeah. of ETH is doing okay now. What's ETH looking like? Yeah, it's it's up a bit huh? over the last. Yeah, back on the rise, big time over the last sort of month. Um, The reason I ask that is because I think in terms of setting a a fate record um, for euros or pounds, I think a lot of the people who would come into an auction like this probably already have the ETH, their big ETH wheels. So the ETH price, like it's going to go for the ETH that it's going to go for. Yeah, that will be more euros than when the ETH. And that will dictate the, yeah. Yeah. does he break Haaland? I think 
it's a really tough one because you're going back to collectability versus utility. And I don't know if there's enough collectability on the platform yet. And he's not wearing an Argentina, not that he's done a hell of a lot, hell of a lot there, but a Barcelona shirt. He's wearing a PSG shirt. So it's yeah, tough. Okay. okay, for the collectability, that would be that is not as great as a Barcelona shirt for sure. I was also thinking, might it be it's his first ever unique, but might it be his last as well? I don't know if he stays at PSG beyond the season. So that's yeah. what I why I was kind of thinking. I don't know what he does in summer, but um, let's say he he really nah he doesn't move back to Argentina, but it could happen, and and people could theoretically the buyer here could could own the only ever Messi unique. The option exists, and and then then the collectability would come come in there as well, I think. But it's it's a tough one. It's really a tough one. I don't think I'll he will break Holland, to be honest. You don't? Uh, I, I'd rather not, but I, it's going to be close. Hard one. It's hard. It's really hard. I don't think, if I had to, if I have to make my call now, in terms of Euro price, I don't think he breaks Haaland at the minute with the current state of affairs. Now, yeah, I don't. It's done in three days. Yeah, the, the announcement that we're going to talk about, the community update comes after that. So it's not even like there could be hype off it. Mm-hmm. I think he goes for less. A question that's kind of relevant to today, does it go for more than the Joshua Kimmich unique? Kimmich? Where is Messi? the Kimmich right now? 8th? Um, yes. Kimmich mm-hmm. is at 8.338 with 21 hours left, 22 hours left. And Messi sitting just over 10 with three yeah. days left. That's the question, right? Um, for the utility part, I guess you would be way smarter buying the Kimmich than the than the Messi. Way more years in it, and and that's no debate. But Kimmich is never going to become a, a, a name as big as Messi. Obviously, that's also no debate. So that's that's again the collectability versus utility one. I think it goes for more than Kimmich, to be honest. Just Do you? It's, I, I don't think it's uh, it's it's reasonable or rational. Because mm. again, Kimmich, you have a, you have a world class player for like at least five more years, I guess. Um, but it's still the name Messi is still so big. I could really mm. see it being higher than Kimmich still. I think it's a fair take, but I'm gonna say I think Kimmich goes for more, and it's a ballsy call. Oh, I don't even know if I believe it myself. Right, <laughs> so. I think Kimmich goes for more because his rare goes for more and his super rare goes for more. But I think that logic might get thrown out the window when it comes to a Lionel Messi and he, because it'll be someone who just wants it and will pay mm-hmm. whatever the cost. So I don't know. Part of me going into this was like, I'm going to make the call that Kimmich goes for more. But now when I think about it, the thought of Kimmich going for half a million seems out of the, seems it seems a bit crazier to me than Messi going for like I don't think Same. Kimmich has the right to break the Haaland unique, but I think Messi's in the conversation. So it's like maybe yeah. Messi should just go for more then. But logic tells me that Kimmich should be worth more. It's, it's a really it's a hard cool. one. It's really a tricky one. Yeah. The question is obviously the, the as you said, the rare goes for more than Messi. Kimmich's rare goes for more than Messi, but um for rares, obviously the utility plays a way bigger role than the collectability, if that makes sense. Mm. Well, for uniques, yeah. as you said, it's just people might just not think rationally. They just want it and just want like crazy rich people who just 
want the right to uh, like brag mm -hmm. i own a one-on-one -on -one Lionel messi card whereas they're not going to buy the red and they're going to buy the unique i don't know but i if i would have to make a prediction Haaland, messi and, and then kimmich let's see i'm gonna ask you a left field question dabala where does he end up this summer Oof. oh first of all i'm very very sad that he's gonna leave you still mm. like one percent hope that he's gonna accept a, uh, lower wages but that's not gonna <laughs> happen no. that's not gonna happen sadly um i think he doesn't fit into the premier league it, it just he's always like his body doesn't since since covid started he's had like four times he has like like i don't know he's he's had covid like four times um feels like that and it, it really feels like it, it has really hurt his body i don't know he's mm -hmm. he's been getting injured more and more which is so sad to see and he just can't keep playing 10 games without getting injured so i don't think a physically strong league as the premier league would suit his playing style rather think spain is the place for him to be honest spain and there actually i would like to see him at barcelona do Barca need him? Not sure. Not sure. They've made a lot but of big I, signings, haven't they? Yeah, but I think where he, where we would suit best is obviously either he stays in Italy, which I don't hope at Inter. At Inter, he would fit very well, which would get me absolutely sad and, and crazy. I hope that doesn't mm -hmm. happen. But I think he would fit at Inter. There's also the um, uh, Marotta, the old sporting director of Juventus at Inter, who has a good connection to him. So he might end up there or at at yeah. In Spain, Barca, not sure. Atletico, is that an option? It's, it's, I don't know, something feels Atletico about it. I feel like Madrid, I think with his injury record, I don't know, Madrid and, and Barca, but I could see like Atletico. I, I see a lot of Spurs rumors. Yeah, yeah, obviously. They're like the front runners to sign him, apparently. Mm. But again, I don't see why he would go to the Premier League. I could literally just see him. Yeah, getting in like getting a long-term injury right right in the in his first games. He's a really tough player because I don't know. It's one of those where like the quality's there, but who wants to sign a player with that injury history? It's, yeah, it's exactly. Hard. And on the wages he's on, so maybe you are talking one of those absolutely crazy clubs like Barcelona who'll just go and sign Aubameyang, Traore, and Ferran Torres and Aguero yeah. and everyone else in the same window. Yeah. Maybe it does take a crazy team. So I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that at you because he's your favorite player. Um. To come over to your gallery then on So Rare, and then we'll talk about the community update. When I look at your gallery, there was two players that stood out because, you know, you, you've you're mainly you've rares and you have a load of limited cards. You've like a hundred limited cards. Yeah. Look at the rares. I don't. I just want to know: is there a reason for this? You have four Gabby Adinis. Do you oh, yeah. rate him? Do you? Oh, yeah. Is there a strategy behind that? There is actually. I um I also made a video on that YouTube video on that. Um um, it's just because. Sadly, he tore his ACL in, was it in, yeah, it was in start of February. And yeah, I just, like, you probably know this as well. Um, when players get such a serious injury, they always drop massively, which happened here. Um, and I just picked him up for, he was like, what was he like, 0.2. And I then he immediately dropped to like 0.1. I picked him up for 0.08, I think, four times where... Now he's probably the same. No, not now he's a little bit, um, bit, little bit more. Yeah, it's just one of it's a it's a strategy picking up players that you think will return from their injury just after their injury. You know, you probably know about yeah. this much better than me. But this is the reason because I just think unless Sampdoria, where he plays, get relegated, um, well, even in that case, I think he could go to a better team. He's still a quality player. I think um, he was by he wasn't a great run of form before he got injured, and um, yeah, mm. I, I think he will bounce back. Very very confident actually as the new season comes. 
I really rate though the fact that you've went and I mean for the 19 rare cards you have you've got four Gabbiadinis I love yeah. it do you know like because I think like that's a, when people are trading quite often diversification is all very great is great and all that but when you, you have a real feeling about something you believe in something having the conviction and going in hard I mean there's a lot to be said for it you have another one there uh, Ruiz de Galareta Three same M. thing there, yeah. Same thing happened there. Actually, I think he after I bought him, he dropped even more. Probably, I don't know. I didn't really check. But the same, I think he also tore ACL. Was it that? But he also got a really, really serious injury. Um, and actually, similar situation. Plays for Mallorca, Mallorca, and um, they are also in the relegation battle. I hope they don't get relegated. But again, same scenario here. If they don't, if they stay up, I think he was one of his uh, one of their most important players. Um, as the new season hype comes, I think did I buy three? I think so. I think I have three of him. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, as you said, that's high conviction, but also high risk, obviously. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I like these plays. I was actually also very close to to buying Florian Wirtz when he also tore his ACL. But there, I don't know, was a little, little bit too hot for me still. Um, Flor- yeah. Florian Wirtz, let's talk about him for a second. Florian Wirtz, without doubt one of the most exciting five three players on the planet at the minute one of the most exciting young players playing outstanding football at Leverkusen it's an absolute it's devastating to see him get an injury like that it it really is heartbreaking but to talk about it from a so rare perspective um like his nfts I mean if you look at I have I'm I have his his rare oh you do if we look at his yeah if we look at his rare it dipped from three and a half eighth probably just before the injury now down to half price, 1.78 yeah. it sold for. Now the floor at the minute is nowhere near that, but I mean, someone's going to want to sell. And limiteds, again, there's more limiteds in the market. There's more people looking to undercut each other. In terms of percentages, he dipped from a peak of 0.692 ETH to a bottom of 0.19, which is crazy. And at the minute, his floor is about 0.3. So as a percentage, it's dropped even further, more than half value, half price. Do you think that's an opportunity? Do you back the player to come back? It's very hard, I know, but in terms yeah. of coming back from ACLs at an, at an age like that, what I are think. Your thoughts? Well, I think um, he is um, just turning nineteen. I think he just turned nineteen, um, so it's always super, super tough to predict um, if a nineteen-year-old will come back uh, to his former self after such an injury that might take him out eight, not eight, nine months. He might miss the World Cup. He will probably miss the World Cup. But if anyone can do, I think in Germany, within Germany, it's Florian Wirtz because he's just um, the most, like the brightest German talent, in my opinion. He's been absolutely balling for Leverkusen um, before his injury, um, which is, can also be seen at a, with his so rare price before the injury, which is mentally high. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as I said, I was looking into that. I think some people, yeah, as you said, not point one nine was the lowest he's been p- picked up for at limited. At limited, uh, wow. not point one nine. Yeah, that is crazy, man. I, I I did make offers for him as well, but I didn't really get him that low, so I stayed away from it. But had I gotten him for like not point not point two not point two one two two. I would have got him as well. So to answer your question, yes, I do think he's going to come back. And even if he's if he's not, I think the hype before he comes back uh, is going to drive the price that's, up anyway. That that's the thing, right? If we put the to put this into euros for people, he was at eighteen hundred euros pre-injury, and he sold for four hundred and sixty-three at his at his lowest. Um, the thing with with injury trading here is, and again, I can't forget there's a lot of beginners listening to stuff like this. It doesn't matter if Verts ever comes back to what he was, and I'm not saying like if you believe in so rare, if we just, if we just trust that so rare stays at the same kind of 
sentiment and market. Okay, so I'm not taking into account a bear market. I'm not taking into account so rare dying here, right? But if we're talking purely Florian Verts and how this market will work, his price will 100. I would bet my life. I would bet it all that he will be worth more before he kicks a ball. The day he kicks a ball, the day he is on the starting sheet, he is worth more than he is today if we don't take into account everything else that could happen in the so rare sort of ecosystem, yeah. okay? But in terms of like a pure strategy, if you believe in all that and trust that, the strategy is as sound as it comes. A young, high player gets injured. He's out for a long period of time. He's forgotten about people get frustrated and they sell. He might even go a little bit lower, but it looks like he's bounced. In nine months, when he gets on the starting sheet, the, the team sheet, his price rises. It happens all the time with Doku. Just go and look at his graph. Um, they're the best type of players to injury trade. It's just a real shame. Um, and it is a bit maybe unsensitive when you have such a young player. And I, I love the guy. Like, I, I love him so much that I went and bought his rare. Whenever you see, like, that happen to him, it's heartbreaking. Like, I did my ACL a few years ago. It's not nice. It's not nice. So heartbroken for him. So hopefully we see him before the end of the year. Um, all right. The community update, Fiago. So, so rare came out and they said, um, hi, everyone. We hope you're well. Um, we'd like to invite you all to join us for the first ever So Rare Community Update next Tuesday, March the 29th, and it's premiering on their YouTube at 5 o'clock Central Eastern Time. That's pretty much all they've given away. Now, it's interesting because they have a YouTube channel, and I have to say, no one really knew they had a YouTube channel because they don't do anything there. Mm -hmm. Only so those first off, videos, right? Yeah, the Legends things. And they actually got quite a few views. I think it's really interesting that they're sending people to YouTube. The last time they did a video reveal type thing, it was La Liga. Now, I don't know. What what are you expecting here? Or what were your initial thoughts when you seen it? So, um, yeah, I think, did you say it? Um, someone said that, and I very much agree with that. If I think people are uncertain what to expect. Is it going to be a bad thing, good thing? But I think... If they, if it wasn't, if it was a bad thing, they wouldn't have hyped it up that much. So it has to be something they, uh, they think is great for the community. Say that first. Um, I think it's actually now that they're hyping it up that much, I expect a lot. I, I think it's gonna be the app. I hope, I think, and hope, but I don't think that will be it. Do you think it's got the app is gonna be in it? So, I think it's. I've got so much on this, right? So first off, I think it's gonna be the app. Yes. Yeah. But I think if it's just the app, I will be very disappointed. Yeah. Because let's be honest, while an app is a huge step for the platform and onboarding, in terms of the day-to-day -day use of the platform for pretty much 99% of the platform, it doesn't matter. We all use SoRare data anyway. Yeah. It's the truth of the matter. I go on to SoRare to buy cards and actually lock in lineups. I do nothing else there. Um, and maybe an app changes that. Do you know, maybe the app is something that's engaging that has notifications that has more to it. So I get why an app can be great. But like an app's not what I care about. I care about gameplay changes, rewards. They promised. I'm trying to find it here. Remember they said they'd come back to us at the end of March. Um, But yeah, let me see. I'll, I'll try and find this. The, the thing about it as well is that I find quite confusing is, you know, I think doing this, you put pressure on yourself to deliver something that's like, whether or not you like it, everyone's hyped everyone's expecting something now yes you know? 
So you have to deliver, otherwise there's disappointment. And yes, we will all talk about it and get all excited. And then inevitably, no matter what it is, unless it's the Premier League, be disappointed. But it's like, I don't know, they've kind of given themselves, they have to deliver now. And then you've got Nicholas on one end on Twitter saying like, it's coming. And like, that's what he tweeted, something like, it's coming. Yeah. And then you have in the official Discord, Dan trying to be like, oh no, no, look, it's not the Premier League it's or anything like yeah. that, you know, calm yeah, down. That's weird communication, right? And that's kind of representing what they've been doing for the last weeks and or months. Communication has been a, a little bit weird, but again, if they're they're all that that hyped about it, it can't be. It can't be this. I mean, it has to be huge. Again, I think it will be the app, but as you said, that's not what we care about mainly. I think there will also be gameplay. Um, up, updates. Is it the progress mm. bar finally that's after months and months? I don't know. It could be. Is it? Um, I think it will definitely be a change in the in the scoring system or in the reward system for sure. Not the scoring, the reward system. I think that mm. will be in it as well. Those two. I expect those two actually. If those two come, it depends on what change it will be. Obviously, in the reward system. I can also not say. If people ask me every day. Do you think the the progress bar will be better than the thresholds or not? I don't know. It has to like it. It all comes down to how they implement it. Mm. Uh, we have no idea how how they will do that. But I think those two will be the main features of of the of the community thing on YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah. I see the app being announced. Maybe some, um, even if it's not released, some sort of images or what are they called? Like um, a prototype, but just like maybe prototype kind of images. You know, hyping it up a bit, showing us what's coming. Yeah. Um, I think it's imperative that we get an update on the rewards. Um, or sorry, the progress bar, the future of the thresholds. I think we need to know uh, because you being a content creator who puts out so rare stuff, I have no doubt you get lots of questions like me about, should I start with a you probably threshold team with my even, yeah. common, do you know, do you do this or do I go and buy limiteds? And it's so hard to tell people what to do. So I really want that um, clarity. I think like maybe they tie in, maybe, I don't know, just a thought like the, the Scottish Premier League could be announced with it. Who knows? But then maybe the Scottish Premier League would want to be their own announcement, so maybe they don't couple that up with other things. Maybe expecting multiple things like that on one one announcement is, yeah. is a bit much. Uh, maybe the Scotland one would want their own hype. Maybe there's no app. Maybe it just is that. I don't know. Um, but it's important. It's definitely important because frustrations have been at an all-time high. They seem to be prioritizing onboarding more and more and more and not really the current experience or retention. Yeah. That's my vibe. That that's the that's what I get from them. Um and I think, you know, the current users deserve more than that. And I think the current product, we all love it, but I just think it could be ten times better. And I just hope it I hope it happens. I hope I hope stuff happens. Um I'm very excited. I'll be sat there waiting to watch. Obviously but, we all be uh how could you imagine the progress bar? Just uh, if you if you had to like uh, how how could you imagine this being a beneficial to the platform or like better than the threshold but also within realistic boundaries so i think it 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 would probably be less profitable than the thresholds but that doesn't mean that it's worse so i think it'll be a lot more engaging i think it'll be a lot more addictive I think there'll be a lot more gamification of it. I think we might have extra game modes. I think people will be more glued to the app and the game and every point, every point, every week will count more because you're building towards something bigger. Um, 
So even if it goes from the average payout weekly, I don't know how many people enter All Star Rare, and I don't know or rare. What do you? Yeah, All Star Rare. That's what it's called, isn't it? Not D four. Um, I don't know how many people enter, and I don't know what the average ETH payout is across the X amount of thousand entrants and how much ETH is won. But let's say, I mean, this is me just picking a number out of my out of my head. Let's say the average payout is not point one two, not point not one two ETH. You know, some people get the higher threshold, some people get the not point one. And some people get nothing. I yep. think maybe the average here overall what is paid out drops, but it could be made up for if they've done it right in engagement, fun, and upside. Maybe more of a jackpot factor. You know, yeah. maybe there isn't the consistent win and profit that we're all becoming used to. You know, oh yeah, there's fifty quid this week. There's fifty quid midweek. There's fifty quid this weekend. Fifty yeah. quid midweek. Yeah. People are grinding out. If you have a big gallery, you're grinding out with those thresholds. 100 quid a week, no problem. Maybe that goes to, on average, 70 quid a week. You're losing a bit, but if it's a more fun experience, will anyone complain? No, they That's kind of what I... That, that's what I see. Good but. one. Could also make it like, yeah, um, I don't know if you play FIFA. I don't play it uh, uh, myself, but um, that's like that's like seasons. and um, Yeah, in Ultimate Team. Is, exactly, in Ultimate Team. And that's like, I don't know, 30 levels or something. I could imagine stuff like this being implemented into Sora. I don't know a season being, I don't know two months, and then um, yeah, like every every five hundred points in in All Star Rare, you get uh, I don't know some sort of maybe a card, even maybe well that would be quite difficult. Probably rather do it with ETH, but get a get a get a small ETH reward, and then at the end, if you reach I don't know how many points they're going to end up with at the jackpot, but maybe not point one at I don't know how many thousand points, but. Yeah. Obviously, this would this would make it more addictive, as you said. Not just get the get the not point not two or not point one anyway every week, and then every point above that two hundred fifty is just useless because you're not going to win. A, maybe not going to win a card. But as you said, every point would would count, and people would sit even more in front of their screens and watch their players play. Maybe so. Even, I completely yeah, agree once, with that. Once four guys play, even if they all have crap scores, your last guy's score still counts. And exactly. what if? When they talk about game modes, if they've mentioned game modes before and playing more than just the current SO5, what if the current SO5 competitions all remained? They take out the thresholds, they skim a few rewards off, and then they chuck in this progress bar as a separate game mode where you enter it separately, maybe, I don't know, mm-hmm. and you work up those levels, and at each level, you might unlock something else. Like, okay, there's 200 XP for one of your players. Who do you want to apply it to? That's a good one, Here, yeah. Here's not point not five ETH. Well done, bang! You've unlocked a tier three limited. On we go. You're up to level seventeen. Well done. You've unlocked a tier two limited. Here's not point not one ETH, and here's five hundred XP. And then you go on, and it goes up and up and up. Yeah. You've won a tier three super rare. Here's five thousand five thousand XP is probably much, but you know what I'm getting at. Well, yeah. And here's not point two five ETH. You're one of the top not point one percent performers on the platform. Congratulations. You know. That type of stuff can happen, and that type of that is way more engaging. That is way more fun. And if people aren't like the absolute meta players who grind to maximize profits, they won't be happy. But they're not what the platform's for. It's for football lovers. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it would it would make it everything way 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 more fun. Absolutely. And as you said, I don't care if I if I win twenty percent less ETH that way. Absolutely mm-hmm. don't care. If the game is good, the game is also going to grow like that. So, yeah. um, 
and that's uh, ultimately that's what that story want as well so i don't mm. see why i completely can see this happening um in in, in some way i can also see them announcing the, some stuff like this on tuesday already uh, i think this would be like they would if they if they really think about long-term growth of the platform then they would want something like this and and mm. we would also want this so absolutely so yeah if, if some stuff like that comes and um and um, the app is, is just a side side thing then i guess because that's way more important mm. for me then i'll be happy yeah, i'll be I'll, I'll definitely be happy with the with the announcement but well mm, i see, we I see in the comments at the the premiere yeah live on tuesday it will it will be it will be premiere yeah yeah let's see how many people will watch that i'd say i'd say they'll get a few hundred more more It'll be interesting. I think a lot of people care about this, so maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they approach a thousand. Um, but anyway, God knows. Will we answer some questions people submitted for us? Sure. So the way we do this is we go from the most liked to the least liked um, until I okay. get bored, and then I'll ask you if there's any you kind of want to answer before we go. So Marco Sullivan said, here's a different one for you. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given for so rare? And uh, Leaving it up to you if you want the name and shame. So we both do videos we both do videos with advice have you ever been given really shit advice okay so that's about advice i've been given not not given myself okay either yeah what you've been given and if you don't have an answer is a crap uh, advice you've given uh, what what kind of crap advice have i been given i don't i have i think most sora content creators cheers to them are actually great so don't want to i don't know have i ever been given shit advice i think it depends probably probably i've seen many people uh, um if that i don't know if that's shit uh, but um by by um players when they were at their peak like for example by by mls now and, and i've seen content creators do that but again that's not shit advice for me that might be bad advice because i kind of care about the trading aspect of the game but some people just care about the so5 one and want to win rewards so don't know don't know uh, but you get me so it always depends on, yeah. on if, you, if you prefer yeah profit or fun rewards so i guess that could be bad advice but it doesn't have to be other than that i don't know i actually haven't been given crap advice what about you um i don't think so really i actually no i think it's hard because when i hear advice i'm very rarely like that's crap advice because people normally just have your best interests at heart exactly I mean, yeah you know I don't know. I've maybe in the past I've had some poor takes from people who give me advice about selling players or lining players up or don't do this because he's crap form or something, and then I do it anyway, and they score. Uh, okay, or you know, okay. you've had like little bits of gap, but I can't say there's anyone who have been like, "Oh, that's just really crap advice." Yeah, I'm not really looking for advice either. But at the end of the day, in hindsight, you can also you can you can call a lot of advice crap, but mm. at the at the time when people said it, it might have made sense. So. Yeah, difficult one to yeah. answer. Tough one. Yeah. Um, in terms of so rare related advice at Mark O'Sullivan, uh, Mark O'Leary, it was poor advice uh, whenever I was in Barcelona and he was there and someone advised that I order a squid flavored omelet. That was poor advice. <laughs> um, and that was a uh, Alberta, aka Sauberve. Yeah, you don't want to know. You do not want to know. Um, the next question is from Jay Fraz, good friend of the show. Um, if you were the CMO of SoRare, what would you do to bring increased visibility to, of the platform to the masses on a global scale while working within the realms of a realistic marketing budget? 
So how, how would you market so rare? That's a really educated one. Um, I would, I think, I think what what matters most to fans and also the mainstream um, mainstream fans that are not into Sora yet, but like the big footballing community, is kind of what we've talked about earlier. Um, special experiences, maybe um, getting closer to the players, getting closer to your favorite to your favorite club, and and signed jerseys and that stuff. So I I think that would be a great marketing tool actually for Sora, um, if they if they actually do that more often give give fans special experiences like they've been doing with the um was it the Sevilla derby right uh, betis against um after Sevilla they mm. don't did that's already yeah. happen yeah. i think it did yeah yeah um, it was the end like, of february yeah like do this kind of stuff way 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 more often and give give sorry give the community or community members access to such experiences and um and market that like in big um uh, on on youtube produce like yeah, I don't know cinematic movies of that, and uh, in general also give give more give more um, give more community members tickets to games. Um, not just because I I, be get, I might be getting some not generally, um, and and make that possible for for community members. Like the, those normal tickets, they aren't that that expensive, so it will be within within marketing budget. Um, it doesn't have to be VIP or anything. Uh, just showing what is possible if you're a community member, kind of what Ludo Labs are doing, um, but on a, on a, on a bigger scale. Because I think that that's people would watch those those YouTube videos, like a YouTube video where someone might meet. Okay, that's a big one, but someone might meet um, Messi or the Barcelona team, and then mm. someone does a vlog about that. That could easily go viral on YouTube, on, on social media, TikTok, and and uh, and attract a big, big mainstream football mm. community of people who like, who like, how did you do that? And then okay, I was invited by Sorrel or something, and and then the game could gain exposure. That's that's a that's the thing that I would love. I think, like, if I'm going to try and break this down in my head, when I think of it, here's some free consultancy so rare, even though you've got people way more qualified than me working on this. I think there's like a few key barriers to entry. So I think hyping up what so rare is, right? The first thing is there's a big stigma against NFTs at the minute in the general population. I was in the pub with my mates last week. One of them's training to become an accountant. And I said, Dave, you should 100% look into like NFTs and crypto. If you can become the guy, I said, I have. 100 people i have more than that across the uk and ireland if you can study both countries laws that i can send you who will want you to do their taxes on their nfts very soon and he was like but is that not all just a scam and i was like okay there's this massive perception so i think a huge part of so rare's marketing campaign personally um whether they like it or not i feel almost needs to be educational so i think a you need to educate not necessarily what nfts are when i say educate about nfts i'm not talking nfts are non-fungible tokens they are on the blockchain and the, no one gives a fuck the layman doesn't yeah. care it's over his head or her head and they don't give a shit when i say educate what i mean is put the visual into people's heads it's a big thing in marketing and selling like when i'm trying to sell you a loaf of bread i don't say do you want the loaf of bread i say do you want this freshly baked sourdough with fucking chia seeds it sounds better you visualize it smothered in butter fresh out the oven melting you can smell it you're already visualizing that experience this is seems like a tangent here comes another john shit analogy it was so rare let people see the possibilities people don't give a fuck about no, i'm not i'm talking about the masses by the way we're talking about marketing here they don't care about some shitty little gold hexagon card it's not like they're particularly beautiful or well-designed or, or varied. They look at that and they go, oh, what's that, an NFT scam? No, let them see through a really visual marketing campaign that that NFT grants people access to players' experiences and fandom. 
And through that, then you need to educate how easy it is. People think NFTs and think, oh, that's all that crypto shit. I don't understand it. What's a wallet? Let them see how easy it is. You can buy with your credit card on so rare. That's what this YouTube should be. There should be a lot of like, they should use their access to create videos which have high upside in terms of virality and how many people can see it. And then inside those videos, incorporate education around NFTs to the layman and exactly how easy it is to set up a SoRare account. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what I see because billboards is one thing, but people just see SoRare, they Google it and it looks complicated and they say, nah. And then people also assume that it's worth, every card's worth thousands. Show them that you can play in limited for a couple of hundred quid. Do you know? I don't know. know. Yeah. Good one. I also I also think that I don't know if you meant that, but uh, obviously they need to use their their YouTube channel way more. One for this stuff, and and also for like why, why don't they make just general general issues and queries that people have before signing up to Sora? Why don't they make yeah as you said educational videos? Basically the stuff that 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 us the the, the content creators are making right now, um, answering mm-hmm. questions like um, I don't know how to pay in with Sora, how to how to withdraw money, I don't know, easy stuff, how to buy your first player. Why don't they make quick, easy, educational YouTube videos? Hire someone for that and post those on your, on their own YouTube as well. Why not? Mm. I think that's that's yeah. an easy one. That's that's not something that requires it's, loads of money. It's easy and it's effective. It's easy. My thing from SoRare's perspective is, though, I think they know that people are already doing that. And how much marketing do they get out of it? What they would get out of that is probably stealing the signups we get. You know, so they would they would save themselves, but then maybe they would not is demotivate even a word, unincentivize people like us to go out and make tutorials. Because if I'm like, well, I'm never going to compete with the official so rare's SEO. That's that's a good perspective that I haven't thought about. Okay, yeah, that's good. If they if they come in and put that out there, it's like how much marketing are they really getting? The people that find those videos want those videos. All they would be doing is stealing our ten percent or whatever of the affiliate thing. So, but I get I get what you say. Like that content should exist. It should exist, even if it's on site or wherever it is. Um, and I mean, there's a million things they can do in marketing. Do you know, they can do really elaborate stuff. Um, they can do more subtle stuff that's recurring sponsorships and whatever's. But I, I don't know. I just feel like there's no point in marketing a product that people either understand or or don't understand or is like taboo or like NFTs. NFTs are a scam. Do you know, try and educate let people see what SoRare is really about and let them see how accessible it is and how easy it is. If you can incorporate yeah. those things into content that people want to watch anyway. So bring in your, your license and your access and whatever else. I don't know. That That's what I would say. But again, I'm no marketing professional, but I suppose in a way we both do YouTube and, and it's a lot of marketing, but um, kind of, yeah, let's see. Mark has another one, and it also got a few likes. Given how you're a HSV fan, uh, which two clubs do you think will get promoted to the German top division? And out of those two clubs, are there any players us managers should keep an eye out for when auctions arrive next season? Okay, I saw that one. I saw that one. Nice that someone is interested in Bundesliga too. <laughs> Usually no one yeah. is my club in, in, in Europe. Um, yeah, sadly, I'm a Hamburg supporter. We used to be big, but now we're yeah we're second tier. Um, so he asked about a few players that might get promoted, right? Yeah, he said if there's anyone on the teams that might get promoted that we should be mm-hmm. looking at for next season. There is for sure. Depends on who gets promoted. Like, if we get promoted, the promotion race is pretty heated. So, like, there's, like, six teams that can still get promoted and two or three will. I'm just saying if we get promoted, 
there is someone. Uh, he's called Mario Vuskovic. Not sure if you know him. Croatian, no. twenty-year-old centre back. Yeah, probably no one knows him, but he's uh, he's really a big thing. Croatian, twenty-year-old centre back. He came to us um, from the Croatian league on loan. Now we we um, pulled the buy option, and um, yeah, he's really massive. I'm just not just, just saying this because I support the club, but um, yeah, I've actually barely ever seen a centre back at his age uh, being so calm uh, with the ball and and also so strong in the air. So I think if we get promoted, then he will obviously be in the Bundesliga. But even if not, um, sooner or later he's going to be a starter in, in top five league. So uh, remember that name, Mario Vuskovic. Um, other than that. Um, who will 100% got promoted probably is um, St. Pauli, our city rival, also from Hamburg, sadly. And they, are, they are ahead of us. And they have a player called um, Kiere. Kiere, he's um, uh, a cent- central attacking midfielder, plays also for the Ghana, uh, he's from Ghana. He plays for the national team as well. He's very, very, very strong offensively, created a lot. At, he's like 20 goals and assists in, in like 20 games this season so he's very very strong there and great passing great crossing um he always takes he's like a bruno fernandes i would say um like not not that level but he's a yeah. player i can imagine in, in the bundesliga as well very very poor defensively we have to we have to say but but still i think he's going to get in the bundesliga sooner or later um and he's going to do well there so this guy kiere he's like k-y-e-r-e-h uh vuskovic and then there is um Probably the most promising one. He's called Ko Itakura. I don't know. You might know him because he's I've on loan heard from of that name. He's on loan from Man City. Uh, he's a Man City mm-hmm. player. He's on loan at Schalke, who are also in Bundesliga too. And they will I might get promoted as well. Japanese centre back. He also did well in already in, in in the J League before, but that was that was a few years ago. Um, he's like twenty five or something. Uh, very very versatile. He can also play as as a, as a defensive midfielder. Um, technically gifted, very, very quick for a centre-back. I think, yeah, only a matter of time until he plays in the Bundesliga as well. Mm-hmm. I think those three would be my my picks. I think those could do very well if if the clubs get promoted. Yeah, and if anyone wants to take a punt there, could be could be gems. But this might end up as bad advice as well, where someone in one year <laughs> might say, hey, this was a bad advice from Thiago. But, we can yeah. come back in six months and, and dig you out yeah. for it. <laughs> Zico MC has asked a question. So did Jay Fraz. Um, so did there's a load of them. Basically, I'm just letting you know George as well. Uh, G Tovar 12. We answered lots of their questions um, already, which is great. Let me see. How was it to explore CR7's trophy room, aka the CR7 Museum in Madeira? Oh, yeah. He's curious to see what you thought of the drive up to CD National Stadium as well. And I have another question which kind of ties into the vlog inside of things. Plastician wants to know what football stadium or team is top of your list to visit. My my, my bucket list of football stadiums? So yeah, what? the the two questions is I kind of should have given him one at a time, but basically tell us about visiting the, the CR7 yeah, yeah. one. And then also like where would you like to go? Where's your top of your list? Okay. So yeah, um, Madeira was great, was amazing, really. Um like I I was just there with uh, with six 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 homies, six lads. Five lads and my girlfriend, pretty wild trip. Um, and uh, yeah, weird combo. And um, <laughs> Sorry. no, I won't go there. I was gonna make a yeah, joke. Let's weird. Just, let's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. And um, so yeah, we did well, we visit the CR7 museum. Obviously, I, I'm a big big fan of CR7. It's like yeah, you can imagine it's just a huge trophy room. Where he, obviously, most of those trophies are, are replicas, but he where he just um yeah. 
um, showcases all his trophies and it's just massive, 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 like mm. five euros. So best five euros I've ever spent. <laughs> there was like signed jerseys of or like match worn jerseys of, of the UCL final 2008 or against against Chelsea there at Man United. Big ones. Like, it was really great. But uh, and um, and yeah, um, the stadium. Probably that that guy was there as well because I don't know if anyone else would know that it's a very very it's, it's like a it's like a dangerous uh, drive up to the stadium. You can imagine oh, wow. the the stadium. It's like uh, uh, Funchal is the is the the city where CS7 comes from, the capital of Madeira, and it's like the stadium's up in the hills. Like the, the hills are very very high, and you drive up with your car. I thought our car was going to going to die, man. It's like streets are like that. Not even gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely crazy, man. Uh, we are. I think we actually we actually broke something in the car while driving up there or driving down. I don't know, but and there's like old buses from the 1980s or 90s that drive up there as well. I have no idea how they do it. Uh, mm. So if you ever want, it's a ex- very very exotic stadium. I can only recommend that really because once you're up there, you can you can have a view at the at the ocean also at the mountains. It's it's sick. So uh, that Sounds also unreal. that also comes to the the top top list of stadiums so that one is definitely a recommend but um if i have to say like did you say top three or something i don't know um what i really want to visit is yeah depends on the game actually i do want to visit anfield mm. because i don't know yeah. have you been there? no i'd love to go there uh who do you support by the way i'm a weirdo i grew up a man united supporter but okay. when I was probably, I'd say about five years ago, I realized that I care more about fantasy and games like so rare that I couldn't truly call myself a Manchester United fan because I would cheer against them if it suited me. So <laughs> okay. I'm an absolute, I'm just honest. I mean, who do yeah. I support? I support Ooh. my so rare cards. That's who I support. Okay. Yeah. That, that's completely valid. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know about Anfield to be honest that's that's like 50% of people that say oh my god best atmosphere one of the best atmospheres mm. in the world and that's the other 50% that say like overrated as hell so yeah. I just want to go get there and experience the cup myself uh, but something I really want to go is actually the um, the old firm as well mm. I think that is that is a proper atmosphere have you been to that one uh, I've been to I haven't I've been to very few games I've only really been to Old Trafford a few times and then the vlogs I've been doing I'm starting okay. now like same here, fresh. same here, actually. Haven't been to many games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be a bucket list one for me. Um, you've been to Camp Nou, right? Yeah, it was great. Was it but, good? I mean, I think you, you need to, like El Clasico or a, a fixture that the stadium's full. You know, Ooh, I went and they cool. got beat 1-0 by Betis. So it was oh, yeah. like, I mean, it was still impressive, but it wasn't the same. Um, I think. I think for me, I think like, I think more of the teams and the that than necessarily the grounds. So like I think Anfield would be amazing. I have Trent as well. I'd love to see Trent play in the flesh. Um, and obviously all that goes on there, the songs. I'd love to go to Celtic. Um Celtic Park I think would be amazing. I think I'd actually part of me really wants to go just as an experience um to like a huge American stadium just to see how they do it. The big Americans, it, you know, it's going to be a the, cultural shock, I guess, the, for the, us Europeans. I want to, yeah, the tailgating and all that. Even, even outside football, even if that had to be an NFL game or something, yeah. just to go and see that, I think it'd be hilarious. And then maybe, like, I'd love to go to like the Milan derby. Um, and the big one that I'd love to go to is Bayern and Dortmund. I'd love to go to Dortmund. I think Dortmund. Yeah, been there yeah. once, like, but it wasn't really the same. I, I was there in February and it was only ten thousand fans allowed, so I don't, I wouldn't really call that. Be being yeah, at the true experience. 
yeah if you want to if you want to be there it has to be eighty thousand fans singing singing you never walk alone as well so i definitely yeah, want to yeah. come back there now we have full stadiums in germany uh again uh like five months after everyone else but at least we do have them now i think they, they changed it last week so yeah, we yeah. Might, might still get that this season let's see but um the american one is interesting i think it's it's, it's I, i've been to uh, to toronto fc in canada against montreal uh, in 2018 which oh, was cool. sorry, which was mls uh i don't know if it's still different than in america and canada but it's it, already there it was like i don't know what that was it was like rather than a it was, it was a festival rather than a than a football game mm. actually there was like so many food uh, trucks and 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 like and like those um roller coasters and stuff around the stadium i don't know what that was uh but it yeah, was yeah. fun it was a completely different one but it was fun so that's Maybe at the World Cup 20, 2026, I definitely want to go to the to the US as well and watch some games. Cool, yeah. There's there's lots, there's lots. We won't we won't run out anytime soon anyway. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I'll do one more question and then I have something for you and we'll wrap up. So this one I can answer it straight off the bat, and if you've anything to add, do. I think it's an important one to answer. So rare, Sabi. When do you think the best time is for taking risk off from Soer? I assume he means withdrawing. I'm struggling with a constant issue that I want to improve my team constantly. So if I make profit on a player, I buy a better one or a more expensive one. So no chance to take out profits. Mm. I only have 10 rare cards. This sounds to me, Sabi, to be quite honest with you, where you're stuck in a, in a kind of dangerous cycle here where it sounded to me like you want to take money out, but you're not. So... Yeah, I think the best time is just now. If if you are feeling overexposed, if you're feeling based on the platform that you're 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 at too much of a risky position, I mean, cop on, man, come on, you know what to do: sell a player, suck it up, take the money out. Um, it's obviously hard, you know. If you can afford to do it, it's always great making a bit of profit onto the next one. But the way you've worded this makes me think, you know, next time you sell one, just get it done and work from there. Um, yeah, slippy slope. Any anything to add? Yeah, I guess it's so rare. Just like any other NFTs, NFT games, I guess. Only put in money that you can afford to lose. So you can sleep at night. Yep. Yep. We've I'd say there's a large percentage of the platform that are guilty of, of breaking that rule. Um so yeah, really, really have a look at it. A question I didn't prep you for this either, Fiago. But you have a job in your hands now. Um so every week to round up the show, we do the 137 game. Um, we're basically, I'm going to ask you to pick two players playing this weekend in the upcoming game week. Now it's actually a hard one for you because it's international. So, you know, much more risk of rotation, but if you go to the matches tab on so rare, you'll be able to see who, what the teams Mm -hmm. are playing. You have to pick two players. You don't have to own them this weekend that you think will combine for a total of 137 points. If you get between 136.5 to 137.4, you win a prize. Okay, I didn't know that about that game. Good one. Yeah, I didn't brief you. And while you're having a quick look, I'll tell everyone how Haber got on last week. He didn't do too bad. He didn't do amazing, but he didn't do the worst we've seen. He had Verratti, who got 62 points. He had Dimitri Payet, that got 53 points for a grand total of 115, which is nowhere near, but also nowhere near the worst score we've had. So well done, Haber. <clears throat> have you had a chance to look? It's tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're limited. So we have, um, we have the... Um, mostly it's international, as you said. We have um, Concacaf. We have uh, South America as a game in Africa. So those those are the World Cup qualification. Then we have the MLS and K League one game. Wow, that's a tough one actually. One hundred thirty seven points. Ah, uh, one hundred thirty seven. So there's a lot of strategies people have here. Yeah, I'm not spoiler for you, but there's a, there's a lot of ways to look at this. 
you can get at one you can go for like one one guy who you think will just start and get and get low mm. points and one guy who you think will just break like bang it. go very yeah bang wow that's a tough one i don't even know who's who's injured right now there is it's a really interesting one is actually for me uh egypt versus senegal is going to be the revival of the afcon final and also uh, yeah salam versus money again and one of them goes to the world cup one doesn't i think um i think i'm going to pick salah for this one oh baby okay so salah yeah uh, yeah. I'm like, how many points do I think he will score? And he has to, he has to do the math. Um, I think he will score. So I think I'm thinking like 70 points, Salah. Okay. So you need another, you need like another 70. Yeah. I need another one who just gets a decisive or, or, or doesn't, but gets a good all rounder. Poo. How about, how would I go Salah and Mane? Oh. <laughs> That's you a risky one, I guess. But maybe both. Like it. They both, are both of them looking to get like yeah. decisive, but not really set the world on fire. I like it. Salah Mane, yeah. the Liverpool duo. That's so my Fiago, pick. Best of luck. You'll hear from me if you if you nail it. If you don't, you'll be lambasted on next uh, week's podcast. But it's been an absolute pleasure. I suppose everyone can find you on YouTube. Just look up Fiago, um, and on Instagram is it footy.base? Yeah. Sadly, Fiago's not available there. <laughs> You'll have to buy it whenever you're big and rich and famous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, is there anything else you want to plug before we, we shoot off? I think it was super, super cool. First time for me on a Soria podcast and, and the biggest one. So again, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, hope the community could um, yeah enjoy it a little bit, even though I don't know uh, closely enough to uh, about Soria um, as you, but still. Oh, no, it's brilliant. It. It's great. It was great to get another perspective. Great to see your content. Long may it last. And uh, look, thanks a million for your time. Thanks, mate. Cheers. That's it for this week's episode. A big, big thank you to Fiago and a big, big thank you to you. Every single one of you. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you've subscribed. I hope you've left us a review where you listen. And I really can't wait to hear from you on social media. Um, we'll talk to you next week. And yeah, have a good one. Good luck this weekend. <laughs>